This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, April 13th, wherever and however you have chosen to connect, Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who was hoping for a Provo Marriott Center mission call for one Colin Chandler. This is Jerem Jordan. So Mark Pope said uh, on, on Instagram Live, people were putting in their guesses, and he said Marriott Center, <laughs> which is hilarious. Uh, he's going to Sierra Leone uh, in West Africa. So congratulations to uh, Colin Chandler. The, the hardest, most gratifying experience of your life awaits. Very exciting news for Colin Chandler. I know, BYU basketball fans are like, oh, we want him now. I don't want him now. I want him in the Big 12. Exactly. Four years. Exactly. I want him for four years in the Big 12. Come back and lead BYU into their new era of Big 12 play. Here's your show lineup, including this thought-provoking gem. Is this season's BYU football schedule actually tougher than last year's rundown? Think carefully before you jump to conclusions on that. Longtime play-by-play man Dave McCann has a few thoughts on BYU's strength of schedule. Is he calling for another 10-win season? And we've got some coaching news, more coaching changes. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines with some breaking news. The Salt Lake Tribune reporting that BYU assistant Chris Burgess is leaving BYU to accept the same position at the University of Utah. Burgess has been an assistant to Mark Pope since 2015. He replaces Eric Peterson, uh, who was on the Utah staff and took a head coaching job in uh, the Dakota. So, yeah, this is is this the coach's leaving week? Is that what this week is? I love Chris. Uh, we love Chris. Uh, this is a bummer. Chris is a really good coach. Yes. But he, remember, remember, he played at Duke. He transferred to Utah, so he played at Utah. He's going home in that way. Uh, but, yeah, we weren't going to hold on to the good assistant coaches forever. I actually love this because if it, – it, and it's a lateral move, right? Right now, BYU's not in a Power 5 conference, but BYU's a better basketball program than Utah. So I assume that Burge is getting a pay raise. Also, his daughter signed with women's volleyball at Utah. So that perhaps played a role here in being closer to her when she's playing games on the Crimson Court uh, when they're not having practice, perhaps. Chris Burgess is incredible at developing big men, not surprisingly. That is a bummer for BYU, even though, uh, you know, he leaves uh, Tiki Ali Atiki and Fusini Traore, and he's done a great job with them. It's, it's, you know, for selfish reasons, it's a bummer to lose Chris Burgess and what he can bring to a coaching staff, but we love him. I want desirable assistants. We wish him well. Yeah, I don't want the assistants to be here for 20 years. Like, I want other people to want them. And again, to clarify, this is not confirmed by BYU yet. KSL Sports is another source on it, so yeah. The Salt Lake Tribune, KSL Sports reporting. Well, BYU is not going to confirm it. Utah will just announce it. Or Utah just announced it. Hasn't been confirmed by BYU or Utah. BYU rarely confirms things where people leave, where they go away, like to other jobs. It'll be the other school who who mentions that. KSL Sports is uh, reporting that as well. Yeah. So you got two sources. Let's continue on. Yeah. Golf, huh? Women's golf finishes sixth in the Chambers Bay at the uh, Red Hawk Invitational, led by Anik Hutchkovich, who took fourth, her third top four finish of the season. 
Cougars playing the West Coast Conference Championships next week in Vegas. She's turned a corner, rocking that BYU Sports Nation karma. Men's golf tied for eighth, heading into the final round of the Western Intercollegiate Tournament. Round three currently in progress, with BYU's Carson Lundell leading the Cougars individually. He's tied for 14th overall at seven over par. Good luck to the guys today. Ashley Hatch and the world number one USA women's national soccer team beat Uzbekistan 9-0. Hatch played 22 minutes, had a shot in her eighth game with the USA. Softball have another game canceled. Second time this week after they announced that the game Thursday at Idaho State will not happen in Pocatello. This follows BYU's home game that was supposed to happen against Dixie State. That went by the wayside on Tuesday as well. So right now, next game for BYU softball, Wednesday, April 20th at home against Utah Valley University. Cougars in the minors. Jackson Clough went two for four with the run for the AA Harrisburg Senators and a loss to the Portland Sea Dogs. Daniel Schneeman, Schneebly, had a hit and a walk for the AA Akron Rubber Ducks and a win against the Redding Fighting Phils. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Let's look ahead at the BYU football schedule one more time in 2022, shall we? And we ask this question. With five power fives, including the likes of Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, and Stanford on the schedule, not to mention another Boise State clash, Utah State, Jerem, is the 2022 BYU football schedule really tougher than last year's schedule? I think it is because you have tougher teams on that. BYU played uh, you know, a bunch of Pac-12 teams. Pac-12 was down. That's why Utah wins it, by the way. Um, and BYU wrecked those fools, which was great. Um, th- it's different when you're playing Big 12 uh, champ Baylor. But you played Big 12 champ Baylor last no, year. Right, and lost. Notre Dame. Uh, Arkansas finished as a top 25 team. Stanford stinks. That should be a that should be a win. Oregon was down. New coach, but it's still Oregon. It's still on the road. The the sort of name value and talent of those teams is greater than the ones BYU played last year. Uh, like they're actually better and they're more talented in many instances. It's one thing to play Washington State, right? It's and uh, you know those like USC was down. Talented down. BYU took care of business. That Seven power fives last year. Yeah. Five this year, but this this is tougher. Oh, by the way, Utah State won 11 games. Um, Utah State's no slouch, but it's in Provo. Uh, BYU needed a tremendous game there. Virginia, BYU had to score 66 points. You know what I mean? Um, yes, Utah, Utah, no, not on the schedule. They're playing Florida. That was a team that went to the Rose Bowl. I, I think it's tougher because of not only name brands and the talent that comes with those, but I just think they're I, – I, I think it's tougher. I, I think – Boise State on the road is a tough game. That was a home game that BYU lost. I think Utah State's improved. Yeah, I think it's tough. Now, here's why I feel like these schedules are really close. And just maybe 2021 isn't getting enough credit. BYU played three conference champions last year. You mentioned them. Baylor, Utah, Utah State. BYU won at Utah State last year. Tougher than playing in Provo this year. Okay. And then BYU played Baylor. They'll play Baylor again. I don't think Baylor's going to be as good as they were last year. And Baylor's in Provo this year. BYU had to play in Waco last year. So right there, I'm already saying, okay, well, the two games against Baylor and Utah State last year were tougher than the ones that BYU are going to face this year. Utah is not on the schedule, but Utah went to the Rose Bowl. They were the Pac-12 champs. BYU beat them 
head-to-head. Got, got him at the right time, which was good. Uh, it would have been a more interesting game later in the season. Yeah. We don't know what in the world Oregon is going to be. Oregon last year was a big head-scratcher because they're a team that won at Ohio State right. and then they tailed did. off. They lost to Stanford. Yeah. They lost to Utah twice in embarrassing fashion. They got a new coach. We don't know what's going to happen at quarterback. Is it going to be Bo Nix from Auburn, the transfer? Probably. They lost their best defender, who is going to be a top three NFL pick in Thibodeau. So what, what is Oregon? You're right. Name brands are bigger on this year's schedule, but I don't know that Oregon is that different than Washington State last year I, in terms of talent, <laughs> in terms of just like the ability – to string together a whole game like Washington. Well, State, those are two different things, right? That Oregon's certainly more talented than Washington. They have more State talent, but they in don't, a given week, yeah. But but, but so they is have USC. Not excelled with that talent, yeah. Right? And so is USC. BYU won the game, but yeah, no, I I think it's tough. Like BYU did not play any game remotely close to Notre Dame last year. Like that Baylor? game, Baylor. That game by itself. No, no, no. Like, uh, yes, but Baylor was the Big Twelve champ. They won the Sugar Bowl. Yes. But Notre Dame is in a league of its own in this conversation. Like, playing Notre Dame in neutral site is unlike any game BYU played last year. It's going to be crazy. Um, and it's an awesome opportunity. Like, if you win that game, amazing. Amazing. I, I just, I mean, less Power 5 teams. Okay? Are, Fewer Power 5 teams. Five in 2022, seven in 2021. Okay? And I know not all Power 5s are created equally because you got Arizona in there. And Virginia didn't have a great defense, but. Wazoo wasn't that good. I mean. Yeah. Nine bowl teams. How much? How much hard to make a bowl. credibility do we put into BYU facing nine? Oh man, there were nine bowl teams from not, a season ago that are going to be on this upcoming schedule. Not hard to make a bowl. You but, literally can be mediocre and make a bowl. But BYU played three conference champions and finished with two ranked wins. How many ranked teams will be ranked at the end of the season? when we look at the end of the 2022 schedule, because yeah. typically a couple of these teams are like, whoa, Arkansas. Oregon. I, they B- might not be good. BYU didn't play a team like Arkansas last year either, by the way. Like that physical, that SEC, that kind of run game. Like Utah? Like See, I think Utah's just as tough as Arkansas, physicality yeah. wise. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yes. I agree on that. Um, but I, I just think there's like a flavor that Arkansas brings that isn't Utah. Like BYU didn't play a game like that. Like there there's there's a little barbecue sauce on that one that's a little different that is going to be an intriguing matchup for BYU. And luckily that one's at home. Because I think when BYU goes to Fayetteville, that's going to be one of the hardest games BYU's played in a long Like time. when we looked at last year's schedule, going into the season over the summer, we were like, okay, there are two really two big games that were like, ah, oh, man, does BYU have a shot in those? And we were pointing to Baylor and USC. And then we were also looking at the Utah game. Oh, Utah's won nine in a row. B- right. And BYU really do it. We were fighting history and the youth. How many games do you look at this year with the returning talent that BYU has and think, oh, man, can BYU do it? I see one, Notre Dame. We had three last year. I see one on this year's schedule. I was like, oh, man, that's a tough game, and it's Notre Dame. You pointed out. I so, wish Utah was on this schedule. I just They're think playing the, Florida instead. The strength of schedule is close compared to last year. And I, oh, was, yeah. with, I was with you I a few months ago. I didn't discuss the margin. I just think it's tougher. Until yeah. I look at it yeah. closely – now I'm like, maybe they're just they're neck and neck. I don't even know if next year's schedule is tougher than what BYU faced last year when you look at the three teams that were ranked to finish the season and two ranked wins. And it helps to have, like, 
Vegas Notre Dame. It's not like Indianapolis sure. Notre Dame. Sure, right? sure. Uh, home Arkansas. Home Baylor. Yeah, exactly. Right? Home Utah State. Did BYU win that, those games? That, yes. And I'm not discussing whether BYU is going to win or not. I'm just saying, like, how good are those teams? That's all I'm discussing. Yeah. Seven power fives. We're not getting caught up in that to the five. Like, Boise State may as well be a power five team. Utah State's really good. Thankfully, Liberty doesn't have their now NFL-bound quarterback, Malik Willis, coming back. Yeah, he might be a Seahawk. Or else that would be a little bit weirder with BYU having to go all the way to Lynchburg that would following be, a home game against Arkansas. He would have been the best quarterback they would have played this year. So, I mean, just looking at it from game to game, you know, I say at South Florida, win. Baylor at home, toss-up. We'd, we'd like to think BYU can win that one, yeah. Yeah. Baylor, but, but yeah, toss up is fair. Baylor yeah. home, toss up. At Oregon, toss up. Baylor will be a slight favorite. Yeah, at or at Oregon is going to be real interesting to see what the sure. Ducks are. Yeah. Wyoming at home, win. win. Utah State at home should be a win. Should be a win. Notre Dame, even you chalk that up as a loss. Chalk it up as a loss. Okay. Yep. If you win that, great. Arkansas, toss up at home. It's it's in Provo. And at this point, what are the teams like? Because Robert and I told us it takes you half a season to know what you have. Sure. So at that point. Is Jaron Hall still healthy, hopefully, right? Is, is BYU the same kind of offense we saw last year or better? Is that O-line dominating? Yeah. Is Christopher Brooks awesome? Is the defense uh, taking the ball away? At Liberty, win. Home to East Carolina, win. Oh, At Boise that State, better be a win. toss-up. Utah Tech, win. At Stanford, I have BYU as TV. a win. Oh, for sure. No. BYU should beat Stanford. So just there, the I have Tanner, s- Tanner McKeeble. Seven wins, four toss-ups, and one loss out of those 12 games. So it feels similar to it, last yeah, year. Eight or nine, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to be discussing I, this. That well, BYU, like, BYU's going to face this difficult of a schedule, and we're like, ah, oh, they got the talent to compete. And we think they can win nine or ten, yes, right? Yes. Like, like eight would be like mildly disappointing. The, the, you remember what it was like to go into seasons in the late 2000s? This was my argument against the weaker schedules, but luckily the last year, two years if you count the COVID year, we feel, and we do, we feel like, wait, BYU's better. Like, BYU can handle some of this. I, my, my hope and prayer is that BYU wasn't a one-off situation last year as it pertains to a tougher schedule and being able to handle it. Because what BYU did last year was nothing short of remarkable against all those Power 5 teams on the road. Undefeated, like, de facto Pac-12 South it champs. Was awesome. Like, BYU's not playing a bunch of the Pac-12 teams, so they've got to show up against Notre Dame, SEC, Big 12, Pac-12, right? Like, this is – Boise State is going to feel like, hey, last time you smacked us here on our home turf and we beat you last year, we got to win this game. We got to defend this. Oh, by the way, they're still probably ticked they didn't get invited to the Big 12 and BYU's in. Like, there's a lot going into that game too. Utah State feeling like, hey, we're a different version than the one you played in October. Like, we won the Mountain West after that and won uh, the Jimmy Kimmel Los Angeles Bowl. In SoFi, like, we're a big deal now. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. Let's go. Our question of the day. Do you think the 2022 BYU football schedule is tougher than last year's schedule? And it's worth noting that, according to Phil Steele, BYU has the 13th most difficult schedule coming back based on what teams did last year. You can put as much stock into that as you want. We want to hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jim Roberts on Twitter agrees with Jerem. Yes, in terms of higher top-end quality with Oregon, Baylor, Notre Dame, and Arkansas. 
But what is Oregon going to be? And Baylor is in Provo. Yeah. Oh, as is Arkansas. Yeah, chances are that Oregon's uh, more likely to be very good than mediocre or bad, right? Just Oregon. The re- they weren't bad. They were just highly inconsistent last yeah, year. Yeah, and and the standards high. Like, you want to know why Utah won the Pac-12? Because Oregon and USC and Washington stunk. They were not good. You know what I mean? They were average the, at best. The door was open. Utah walked through it. They should be credited with walking through it. But if USC is really good, you know who wins that division? USC. Yeah. Okay. If Arizona State is any semblance of what they were talked about preseason, they were not. They were UCLA part two, like we've discussed. UCLA doesn't show up either. What, what do BYU and UCLA have in common? And Utah until last year. They don't go to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Washington State like, was in play to go to the Pac-12 championship that's game how with pathetic. a week to play. That's how pathetic. Like, the league was way down. Do you ever think the Big 12 will be as down as the Pac-12 was At last year? At some point, yes. Just because like one year? Weird, weird things happen. Is that BYU's chance to walk through the door and win the league? I don't know. Because Maybe. Like, in order for BYU to win the Big 12, there have got to be some issues there. <laughs> like to only lose one game or two games in league, you got to be so good. Yeah, or you're just awesome, right? Baylor won it last yes, year, but like, well, how far off was BYU from Baylor last year? Ten to fifteen ranking spots. Yeah, they were not. That was only BYU was not in that game. They were off. Yeah. Ben Peterson on Twitter says, "I'll skip the obvious Pac-12 joke in answering this question." <laughs> no, embrace it. But I think it is more difficult <laughs> in 2022. You have a good number of Power Five teams, which include Notre Dame and an SEC school. The only argument I see for easier is that a lot of the tough games are at home this year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hashtag BYUSN. Fun combo. Let's go. I love that it's April 13th. We can talk football. Coming up, is there any reason we'd glue ourselves to the Marriott Center floor? Plus, uh, some fallout from BYU basketball after the departure of Chris Burgess. And Dave McCann is in Studio B to discuss those expectations for a tougher schedule in 2022. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's volleyball is back in the Smithfield House for the final matches of the regular season, hosting number one UCLA Friday and Saturday night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Oh, beat the Bruins. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. It is our pleasure now to welcome in longtime BYU sports play-by-play man and analyst Dave McCann here to break down. Glasses Dave's here today. Yeah, the smarter one. The BYU football <laughs> the schedule, among home. other things. Hey, yeah. No. Welcome back, first of all. I know hey. that you guys hey. were in the Himalayas and, and Mexico and all that stuff. So <laughs> yeah. glad you guys made Disneyland it and Augusta, <laughs> but close enough. BYU but. Sports Nation host Dave McCann alongside guest host Spencer Linton and Jeremy Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was bad. Uh, yeah, you so were yeah, holding yeah, down yeah. the fort here. Hey, any t- for you guys, have some time off. I, I'll do whatever I need to do. Thank you. you That's know, so you kind and generous. Well, thanks for coming on, Dave. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> let's start with the schedule. And I'm talking myself into the idea that last year's schedule is on par with next year's BYU football schedule more and more the closer I look at it. BYU faced three conference champions last year head-to-head, beat two of right. them. Uh, Baylor was on the road. Baylor's at home this year. Where, where do you stand? Like, I know you see higher-quality Power 5 opponents, as we talked about last segment, but is last year's schedule automatically just easier than what is about to face in 2022? Well, I think, for one, if BYU's healthy, 
um, this is a great schedule for him. And when we make projections, we're projecting on a healthy quarterback, healthy line, linebackers, and all that stuff. And last year, BYU got beaten up through that tough schedule. So we're at the tail end. We weren't the same team that took the field against USC as, as Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. Close, but uh, especially in the bowl game. I mean, maybe that's a better example. We were a different team in the bowl game than, than the other games because we got banged up along the way. Uh, this year's schedule has the potential to bang us up again. I think we're deeper. I think that's been the battle cry coming out of spring is uh, the team is more equipped to handle a schedule like that. But I look at the non-P5s, and, and you were hitting on that a minute ago. The non-P5s are so much better this year, in my opinion, that, uh, that I think the schedule as a whole is, um, could potentially be tougher. It's hard to say um, in April. Uh, I do love that we're talking about it in April, and it feels like football season outside. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you look at, this, look at this group, and Wyoming is so much better than they used to be. And they're playing here in Provo, but you can't look past them anymore. Utah State, um, you know, BYU ran all over them last year, and then they got good. They finished ranked. Yeah. So, um, and then this another year for their new coach, um, and and the and who knows if we'll play them again. So this is a big game for them coming down, with the future uncertain. Liberty on the road. You know, Liberty doesn't sound. Liberty's tough. That's going to be a tough game for BYU. And you got Boise State up there uh, in November, and the same kind of thing. The end of a long line of games together. It means more to Boise State than BYU to be playing that game. Because BYU's moving on and up, and Boise State's got to find another decent P5-type team through, what, 2037 to kind of fill those spots. <laughs> so when you look at, those, at that group, I think the P5s speak for themselves. Um, the non-P5s, I think, are better, which makes it a very exciting schedule. The kind of schedule where if BYU's banged up, they could lose a handful of those games. But with good health... Um, I think they can. I think they. I think they have a chance to have a really good season, much like last year. Um, but I think it's tougher than last year, based on the non P fives. When all we used to do is just judge the strength of the schedule by what P fives, because right. they have sure. the P fives, and then these are decorated around them, and those aren't easy games. So with fewer Power Fives on this year's schedule, only five, but the greater non Power Five teams like Wyoming, Utah State, Boise State. Did those take the place of some of the Power Fives that BYU faced last year? Because the Cougars faced seven on last year's game. Well, those are tricky games because they don't motivate you as if they're a Power Five, and yet they're a pretty good team. That makes them dangerous games. Um, it's like, hey, it's Wyoming. Well, you know, come on. They're it's, projected it's, to it's go Wyoming. nine and three and win their they division. They were good last year, but they were Wyoming the whole time. And so for us, it's like, well, it's Wyoming. <laughs> that, good, that's an easy win. But that's not an easy win. You know, this is, this is Wyoming back to where – uh, when when BYU played him in Vegas, they ranked twentieth. This is this is a pretty good football team. This is team. Joe Tiller, Wyoming. That was a whack Wyoming team. This is a Mountain <laughs> West Wyoming team, but they've got it going. And 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 that's one of the games where a fan looks at that and goes, "Oh, that's a win." Uh, Boise State, yeah, that's a win. Well, they outplayed BYU last year and forced a couple of turnovers and beat them in Provo. So how is that an easier game up in in uh, on the blue turf? Uh, but I just think as a whole. Every week is going to be pretty good, with the exception of uh, of Utah Tech, and that's live just, on BYU TV. That's live. That's the big one. That's the granddaddy of them all. <laughs> but that game is tells us everything about independence, and it's only appropriate that we're playing them in our final home game as an independent. Is November's always been hard? We've always had to play games that that are throwaway games. Sorry, folks in St. George, but you know what I'm talking about. Throwaway games, um, and it's the last one. It's the last November-type game that we couldn't schedule anybody for 
that we had to settle for a, an Idaho State or a Utah Tech or a, a Weber State type team. And uh, so when I see it there and I'm like, all right, we're going to turn that into a celebration of life because that is the end of these kind of Novembers. And, uh, and we might be glad that they're on the schedule, depending on how our health is coming out. Right, because the FCS game probably moves to September yeah. uh, in, in the Big 12. And it should. Yeah. So what, what's interesting about what you brought up is what's more motivating, playing Arizona or Utah State? You know what I mean? Playing Washington State? Or Utah or Boise State, because the good news about some of those non-power fives is that they are rivalry games. Yeah. So I think BYU gets up for Utah State and Boise State, and they're home. And they're home. Wyoming and Utah State, both in Provo. Uh, and they, been, and, yeah, I was referring to Boise State oh, gotcha. and um, Utah State. But yeah. I think they've been playing Wyoming since 1922. You know, they haven't played them since the Poinsettia Bowl, but there is a, it's like the 91st meeting between those two sure. or something We like care that. about this, but the, the guys on the team, <laughs> they, they don't, don't hey, care. They College don't. Football yeah. 2006 from EA Sports says Wyoming's a rivalry game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, six does? Nice. But I'll, I'll tell you this, if it was over in Laramie, it'd be a bloodbath from their perspective. Yes. And, uh, and I think it's a home and home. We'll see if that even happens uh, as we move forward with the scheduling. Hopefully that's, that's not. <laughs> yeah. If, that's, if there's ever a game to get out of, it is over there. But, uh, you know, starting with South Florida, once, I, I just think, um, you know, last year we went through the schedule and I picked 10. I, th- I picked us to go 10 and 2. What a crazy notion. But, and then I think you tried to put those blue goggles <laughs> on it. But as we look at the schedule again, I know you had it up a minute ago. Let's put it up for just a sec if we can. As we project what's going to happen, you base it on health, and, um, and, and then you look at it, and, and I see these. And, and the, the way I did it last year was, show me games BYU will not win. Show me games they do not have a chance at winning. They're not going to win them all because no one does. But show me a game on there or two or three where they go, that's just an automatic loss. Is Notre Dame an automatic that's, loss? Well, that's the I only one we kind of pointed at is like, yeah. uh, BYU like, will clearly not be a favorite Is Oregon an automatic loss? That's no. a tough game. But no. is it? does BYU have a chance going Toss in there up. full health? Yes. Toss-up. Yeah. B- BYU has won 10-plus last two years. Right. We feel like BYU can play with anybody a- – Probably except Alabama and Ohio State, maybe. So I I think you can get – you look at that thing and you can go, um, okay, find me two games that BYU is going to lose where you just go, okay, that's a loss. And the common thread is Notre Dame because they'll be overranked and and, and, in the top 15. (laughs) Yes. And Baylor maybe, although I think – I like what you guys said uh, a moment ago. I think BYU has a legitimate shot to beat Baylor. Sure. Different team, not as good as last year, coming to Provo. Arkansas is intriguing. Arkansas is intriguing, especially after Notre Dame. And it depends on how – how interested Arkansas is coming here in the middle of an SEC schedule. Yeah. Uh, but you know that, uh, that that's big boy football and back-to-back weeks is what's BYU's health coming out of Notre Dame is, is Jaron Hall still the quarterback? If he is, I like, I like BYU's chances. And then you go through there and there are some difficult games, but um, you know, you could say there's 10 wins there based on, well, who's going to beat them if, BYU, if BYU's healthy. And that's kind of what we got to last year. Maybe there's more than 10, or maybe there's less. But a healthy Jaron Hall with that offensive line and a healthy Chris Brooks and those wide receivers, and you look at the defenses they're going to face, and, yeah, they're not going to win them all. But who just jumps off the page as, oh, they're better than them? And, Notre Dame, and that's it. And maybe Notre Dame based on history. Because I thought they were overrated last year, and it showed toward the end. But playing them neutral – in a somewhat BYU home field in Vegas is a game changer for 
I don't know what the point spread's going to be, but if it was in South Bend, it would be completely different, I believe, than, than what we'll see in Vegas. Yeah. And Vegas, I don't, Vegas is a home field for BYU. It is a home environment outside of the Strip. That, that it is a, we saw it with Arizona. We've seen it every time they've gone down there. It, there's a feel of this is the home away from home, and they take pride in that. And I think that changes that a little bit. Does it make Notre Dame a three-point favorite instead of a seven-point favorite? Probably. But in a game where you're a three-point underdog, you can win that game without it being a shock to the world. Now, if you're a 31-point underdog and you win, that's different. That's different. And, and I don't see any of those on there. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, I don't see BYU being a double-digit dog in any of those games. No. I, I think, should they I be? think single. And how – because we didn't go into the season like this last year. Like, we thought, hey you, – well, you did. You said 10 wins, to your credit. But, like, we're feeling like, hey, 10 is possible. Yeah. And and we've always felt this way for a long time with BYU football, except the last couple of years. We were like, well, hopefully it's eight, yeah. right? This is a good feeling um, to feel like there's a chance of doing something special again. But they weren't used to winning P5s. Yes. And, and after last year, six and one, it's like, okay. Why were we afraid of those guys? And for a while, they were deeper and better. Utah beat BYU for a long time because they were deeper and better at the right moments in those games. But last year, BYU just dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides the whole game long. And then they did it against Arizona State, and they had done it against Arizona, and then they did it against Washington State. I mean, Algier ran for 200 and something on the road in a low-scoring game, and yet they still dominated the line of scrimmage. The two games that, that we thought last year, Baylor's going to be hard because it's Big 12 on the road. We didn't know Baylor was going to be that good. And USC. But as the course of football goes, USC was, uh, was maligned as well when we played them with injuries. Fortunately for BYU, their best receiver was on the man getting ready for the NFL draft. Drake um, London. And so, and they'd gone through three quarterbacks, you know, with health and all. That's kind of the road BYU had been on. But in the summertime, we're like, uh, in Los Angeles, Thanksgiving weekend, that's probably going to be a loss. And it turned out BYU only trailed for a few minutes in the whole thing. Dave McCann is with us on BYU Sports Nation. We need to ask you about the uh, somewhat breaking news we heard about Chris Burgess and BYU basketball this morning. The assistant coach leaving Provo to take a similar position with Craig Smith at the University of Utah. What will that mean for the future of BYU basketball with Chris Burgess departing for the University of Utah? Chris was sitting right here while you guys were on your vacations uh, talking about how to rebuild BYU for the coming season in the Big 12. Um, he's just a good coach. He's a good guy. Uh, he's loyal to the end to, to his employer. You know, he's been loyal to BYU right to the end, and he'll be a great assistant at Utah. Um, you hate to lose good people. Um, you, the, the blow is softened if you replace them with good people. And so Mark Pope has an opportunity to do that. Um, you know, he's, we, we joked that he was the tallest assistant in America, and, I, and he agreed. I said, at the Final Four, did you look around and go, I'm the tallest assistant here? And he goes, actually, I did, and I was. <laughs> uh, but to Mark Pope's credit, he's still 6'11 as the head coach. So in years past, if BYU – I mean, we'll go back to Charles Bradley when he left Roger Reed's staff. It was devastating for BYU. Sean Bradley went from his mission to the NBA. Uh, Charles Bradley um, – was 6'10", big start, Wyoming, um, big man. A guy who could teach big men how to be big men. He left, and for the longest time, it took BYU to, how, how are you going to convince a big man to come here when you got short guys teaching him how to be a big man? And we saw with Mark Pope and his staff, 
um, they've started to get some size. And we'll see what happens in the portal and beyond on getting some size for this next season. But it's easier, I think, and I'm not a player and I'm not a coach, but it seems like if I want to be a big man in the NBA, a big man who's been in the NBA can help me get there. Mark Few might be an exception, but he's got some taller assistants that do that kind of stuff. But um, BYU hasn't had that advantage of, hey, come to BYU as a big man and I'll make you a better big man. I think that's probably what harms, why Matt Harms came out. Um, and, uh, and so I think they'll be okay moving that way. They just lose a good guy and a good coach, and, and uh, that's unfortunate, but good for him. I'm sure he didn't leave uh, for lesser circumstances. <laughs> and his daughter's on the volleyball Cha-ching. team up there. Uh, as a dad, you want to be around your kids, and he wants to be a head coach. So three years as assistant there, after a few years of an assistant here, does that put him in a better position to be a head coach? Probably. Doesn't hurt, and so... You know, I'd want to be around my kids if I could and probably make a whole lot more money doing it. Dave McCann with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Always enjoy the conversation, my friend. Thanks for coming in again. Hey, which one of you is on vacation Friday? Because I'm coming back in. Do you know which one of you? Not me. Oh, wait, wait. No, no. Is it me? Would you check your schedule? I can't ever remember. You know what? Have your secretary call me, and I'm just working that with her. Apparently, apparently, I'm off on Friday. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. See you on Friday. Yeah, we'll see you on Friday. <laughs> we'll we'll Thanks, party. Guys. Yeah. Have a good one. Coming up, why Spencer's gone on Friday. Plus, Joey's <laughs> crushing the 2024 recruiting rankings. Is this a new standard? I'm remembering it now. It's uh, clean the house day for Spencer. Yeah. It's every day in my house. <laughs> Another team throws its helmet in the ring for best team on campus. Ooh, this one off the radar. It's BYU Sports Nation. I'm going to just smash your wrist. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation to interact with the show and get great content throughout the day. We think it's great. (laughs) Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now we whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Well, Colin Chandler going on his mission to West Africa, Sierra Leone, helped the BYU-Africa recruiting pipeline. No. <laughs> <laughs> it will not help the BYU. He's not going to meet anybody in Africa Sierra Leone that's going to play pipeline. for BYU, maybe? No. Well, that's that's kind of how we it's got not, Ziggy here, it's though. It's not impossible. Maybe it helps football. Maybe it helps some sport at BYU. That's how we got Ziggy was. Uh, he got baptized, and then he came over to school at BYU. Yeah. Do I think that there's going to be another besides Gideon George and Foose and Atiki Ali Atiki because Collins and Sierra Leone? No. No, I don't I do not think that. I don't either, although that's a very unique mission. You know what, Colin Chandler to BYU is really going to help? Other big name recruits that are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints think really, really long about coming to BYU to play for Mark Pope as they go into the Big 12. For BYU to go to a Sweet 16 one day, they need... Like two or three colors. At least two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because BYU going to the Sweet 16 has only happened when it's had the national freaking player of the year. Like, that can't be the only way. Yeah. He's going to help in other ways. BYU softball dropped a tough series to LMU last weekend, which gives the Lions, in a weird way, even though it was the conference opener, kind of that inside track to winning a West Coast Conference softball championship. I bring this up because BYU's won 12 consecutive conference championships in softball. Incredible. Is that streak in danger? Oh, no. No. It was the opening weekend in WCC softball. Okay. They're one game behind. 
We've got a lot of games to play still. No, so it's that, not in danger. So here's the thing. The rest of the West Coast Conference is not good. Straight up. They're just very, very mediocre at best. BYU needs LMU to lose two games now. And BYU would have to win out because LMU holds the tiebreaker over BYU if they finish with the same record. Listen, Santa Clara's going to do us a solid. <laughs> San Diego. Do they even have a team? I know not everyone has LMU, a team. So BYU Soft Defense written hard against LMU to lose at least two and for BYU to yeah, win out in WCC. It's going to happen. Mark it down. Okay. Mark it down. Men's across ranked number one in the MCLA in the nation. Okay. It's among the club circuit, but like, there's some big names in that circuit. UCLA and Michigan and Oregon. Whatever. Are they the best team on campus right now? Uh, what other team on campus right now is ranked number one? Cougarettes. Ooh. I have Cougarettes as the best team. Ooh, but okay. Are they okay. done competing? They're done. That's the thing. Is like, are they, they done? Okay, they're we're going done competing. We're going active, active teams playing teams right now. now. Yeah, it's, it's got to be lacrosse. But if we're, out to if match we're including the boys, if we're including the Cougarettes. Yeah, how do you argue with two more national championships? The trophies were in studio I yesterday. Know. I don't argue with them. Those are amazing. They're still competing. Yes, it's lacrosse. Dude, lacrosse is awesome. It's fun to watch too. If you're not familiar with the sport, you I'm should gonna get hammer with your it. wrist so hard. Please don't do that, dude. I I need my wrist guards. I, I respect the physicality of lacrosse so much. Yeah, we have gloves Crazy. and a helmet. We got we have we, all the equipment in Studio B. When I first started here at Brigham Young University Television, I sidelined lacrosse and I was like, this is another world that I've never entered, man. It's <laughs> awesome. Last night, the National Basketball Association had their play-in games for the playoffs. And the Minnesota Timberwolves won the NBA title. <laughs> the NCAA tournament has been doing the opening round, first four games yeah. since 2001. Are play-in games at the NBA level worth it? Yeah, it's intriguing. I wasn't into it that much. I didn't, like, stop and watch, um, per se, but I did, like, jump on social and was like, yeah. whoa, everyone's making fun of the Timberwolves. <laughs> I'm... I'm just not I'm not a fan of this. Like I feel like the top eight teams, whatever. Just go with the top eight teams. If there's a tie if between the, the eighth place teams, then there will be a natural play in game. If the right? Jazz were the nine or the ten, would you care more about them? Probably because they have a shot to get in. But now. even then it's like, okay, congratulations, you got in, now you're about to lose, probably in a sweep to the number one or number two seed. But the points make the playoffs. I just, I don't Unless know. Unless you're openly taking. I don't, I don't like to. Like the Blazers. Take the, like if you finish seventh, like and all of a sudden you have a bad night, you lose one game, like to the 10. Now your resume doesn't matter at all. It's like one game, you play bad. Like you should still be the seven seed. Like you shouldn't be ousted for one game to the 10 seed. I think it's fun. It's Eight, the closest. Nine maybe at most, yeah. but not a seven ten. Okay. Last night, a woman glued herself to the floor at the Timberwolves Clippers <laughs> game as a form of protest. Would you glue yourself? What would you glue yourself to the floor of the Marriott Center for? Ooh. Mm. What I kind did. of glue was she using? Gorilla glue? I, I'd glue myself to the floor. Well, it on how long I have to stay there, too. Like, if it's just for like a day or whatever. How about a, a day? Yeah. I don't know. How about a seven figure sum? I'd probably glue myself to the Marriott Center floor for like a million bucks. I'd probably do it for a thousand, dude. I'm cheap that way. Okay, um, but for a day? Sure. You stay there for a day for my wife, a thousand dollars? My kid would bring me some your, Cheetos. Your time's worth more than that? Not really. I'm pretty cheap. Okay. Um, if BYU somehow didn't get into the Big 12 and it, the cost was me being glued to the floor, I would do that. <laughs> if Mark Pope took another job, when he takes another okay. job, maybe we'll glue ourselves to the floor. If Jimmer ever took a job at Utah. Oh, maybe I'd glue myself to the floor glue, in as protest. As a form of protest. protest. No! Last You're night, right. I'm going to raise that to 10K now. Okay, there you go. Last night, 
Jody Genesee tweeted about a change he would like to see in college football. At DJ Jazzy Jody, longtime writer yeah, of sports great. in the state of Utah. Cougar tails with chocolate frosting oh. and an option to put bacon on the maple ones. What is he, this, voodoo donut? When he was asked about, again, the change he wants to see in college football. Do you like the idea of chocolate frosting and an option to put bacon on a cougar tail? I'm not big on the bacon part, although I do love bacon separately, but the chocolate frosting? Yes, please. Like Give a chocolate frosting cougar tail along yes. with the maple. Yes. But cougars are tan, and so the maple frosting is like an ode to the actual color of a cougar. Who freaking uh, I would like, like, I want sections where it's like not just one whole thing. Like, give me three sections, like a foot of maple, a foot of chocolate, and a foot of maple with bacon. I don't want a three-foot maple bar. That's too much. Well, you share it with everyone. I don't like sharing. Okay. Generally. Wow. Right. Okay, proof the rival that rivals can look out for each other. My kids aren't eating two feet of maple. Uh, Ute fan at... Papa Smurf you tweeted the following. Okay. Does any BYU fan out there want this Cheeto to put in an airtight, <laughs> clear case to save forever? In 2008, um, a cornflake resembling the state of Illinois sold for 1300 Should we get BYU fans to top that for this Cheeto? That will never happen. It's a fun thought, but I'm guessing that the most this goes for is a buck thirty on eBay. <laughs> Would fan, let alone thirteen hundred dollars, maybe a dollar thirty. Got that beefy arm sticking out. Yes, drug door. The uh, Papa Smurf Ute tweet is fantastic. I think you should put it right. up for sale on eBay just to see what it gets. Do yeah. it. Yes. Put it up it. for sale on eBay just to see what happens for BYU fans. <laughs> I, will, I will tweet it out. I will. Yeah. I will propagate that thing yes. on all my social Papa media Smurf. accounts. La 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 la. Coming up. Roger, shout out to the future of BYU hoops. BYU making jumps in the football recruiting rankings. How much and what's changed? Mm. BYU Sports Nation. Okay. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yo, BYU Sports Nation has its own YouTube channel. You can check out the interviews from the show, episodes of BYU Sports Nation right now, and other content. Subscribe today on the YouTube. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B on a Wednesday, and we are discussing, one, Chris Burgess, the assistant basketball coach to Mark Pope, making the move from BYU back to Utah where he played what? in a similar position. We're assuming for more money. And uh, Oh, if he's going for less money, then no way. Come on. I'm sure family's involved, too. His, his daughter's yeah. going to play volleyball at the University of Utah as yep. well. Yep, state champ. Also, some recruiting rankings to discuss this block. So let's start, first of all, Jaron, with more on the Chris Burgess situation. Okay. Uh, I mentioned earlier, it's hard not to wonder, okay, what about the big men development for BYU now? Because Chris Burgess was clearly good at that. Did a great yeah, job. really good. With Yoli Childs and Matt Harms and, I mean, the guys that Foose. had notes. Foose. Atiki Ali Atiki is coming along. That, to me, obviously is the number one concern. Okay, well, what does Mark Pope do to come in and – shore that up and help his big men kind of continue on that path of improvement. I would really love for Mark to find one of his old NBA teammates that he could bring in. I think that'd be really fun. We'll see what kind of fit uh, there is. Is it a, a former BYU player that he brings in? Who knows? Or is it someone from the outside? Because remember, Burge, Nick, Cody, Mark, none of them played at BYU. Not a big deal, right? If anything, they can say, let us tell you why this place is awesome, even though I didn't play here. 
Um, so maybe he gets a BYU assistant, um, someone that can come in and teach the bigs. We'll see who's available in that regard, who's kind of in the coaching game. Because, um, yeah, there there's some notable uh, you know assistants out there that could be interesting for BYU. I just wonder about the fit, right? Like Barrett Peary is sitting there at Texas Tech. Texas Tech, dude, like they're really good. Well, and think about Texas Tech in the Big 12. Wouldn't that be like right? a huge coup for BYU to pull Barrett Peary from a school that they're yes. going to compete against? That would be amazing. Like they're they're uh, Barrett's one of the most high profile guys. Like like if and when you know Mark takes another job at some point, yeah. like Barrett Peary is near the top of the list of uh, guys that would would uh, you know interview for that job or whatever, but. If you're talking big man specifically that you want to coach big men, doesn't it always have to be a big man who coaches the big men? Um, yeah, like Mark Pope can coach guards, you know. Like Kalani Satake for a long time coached like the old line as a GA, like you've the D line at Utah, Preston right? Hadley is currently wasn't coaching the BYU defensive line yeah, right now. Yeah, you, you mix it up. You know. Okay, now with basketball uh, having been discussed, let's get to some recruiting numbers for BYU football. 24-7 Sports has BYU's 2023 recruiting class mm-hmm. currently at 30th overall. 30th. Okay. Last year's class finished that. at 55th. Yeah. Is this more Big 12 dividends for, or is this more about Kalani Satake and winning 10 games in back-to-back seasons? Um, you know, good question. I think the Big 12 is certainly alluring. I think that when you get um, – you know, you look at 22, Kingsley Suamataia is a big deal in that because he's a five-star. Um, and, and as we learned from Dave McCann in the Deseret News and just talking to him is BYU was a, a, a Jackson dart away from being in the 30s, like 39th. Like you get another four-star. Um, so, yeah, there's not a huge difference between 55 and 30, although I would love for BYU to be top 40. I would like to be in the upper third. I think it's unrealistic to expect that BYU would have top 20 or 25 recruiting classes. What that means is you're having like a, a bunch of four stars. I would love to get to that point. Like, can BYU get Pukunuku out of high school now? Can BYU get Britton Covey? Can BYU get Kingsley Suamati out of high school? Like, I, I want to allow for there to be kids that go elsewhere and then see that BYU is a good fit. And, and like, what... What are they coming out of high school versus what are they when they leave BYU is another conversation. Like, Tyler Algier is like a four-star running back now. Sure. You know what I mean? The but he was a no-star running back. Yes. And, and BYU admittedly told us in February when we were talking about the signing classes is we have to be – we still have to develop our guys, but we have to bring in more talented guys um, than we are now. They're, they're like, like pretty heavy development. Um, they need to be like – you always develop, but I mean, like, we're going to rely on the development. You hope the development fills in the other places where the talent does not. I, for BYU to compete in the Big 12, I'm talking about being a top four um, and at some point win a Big 12 title. Yeah, you've got you've got to have, like, three Pukas and two or three Kingsleys. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm not saying five stars, but, like, four, like you, that O-line's got to be like this. Almost every year if you're going to compete for a Big 12 title. So I'm not going to put this on the Big 12 dividends just yet. I feel like Kingsley Suamata'ia is a Big 12 dividend type player. But other than that, pretty much everybody that BYU has on the roster right now 
was well before they knew anything about BYU going to the Big 12. Was this a Zach Wilson effect? Like, BYU won 10 games, got back into the spotlight. It's about winning games and changing the culture. And, yes, seeing five draft picks from the 2020 season. And a number two pick. All that happened before the Big 12 was ever a reality. And a third-round left tackle. Exactly. Five draft picks in 2020, stealing the nation's attention. But Kingsley, I feel like he's looking at that and saying, well, BYU... Like, I want to be closer to home, and they're going to the Big 12, so now I can compete in the Power 5 Conference and be close to home. And let's be honest, like, several of these transfers are Polynesians who wanted to play for Kalani. Let's not underestimate, like, sure. who Kalani is and what he has meant in Huka that regard. Huka and Samson Nakua. Yeah. Okay, coming up, who gets today's Elite Voice of the Day? Uh, by the way, Jerem, uh, the two rank the two recruits in the 2024 class would put BYU at number 10. This always happens, by two, the way. Two recruits. This happens every, <laughs> this happens every year. <laughs> And a farewell rise and shout out. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the pod, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Do you think the 2022 BYU football schedule is tougher than last year's 2021 rundown? At Blaine Swallow on Instagram says, yes, I think this year's four ranked opponents will be tougher than last year's teams. We still don't know if any non-Power 5 teams will surprise us like those teams in Boise or Logan. Undoubtedly. That's the exciting part of it. Wyoming, Boise, Utah State, all projected to be pretty good this year. BYU has all three on the schedule. What if East Carolina's like way better than that? We're like, no, not again. Nine and three, East Carolina. Please, no. We, That's not happening. We got we gotta, we gotta wreck a fool from the 2017 yeah. game. No. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort comes from at Toby Mack. Says simply, ask me again in December. <laughs> it's true. Hindsight is always 2020. Yeah. Today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Congrats to uh, future elder Colin Chandler, uh, who's going to Sierra Leone on his mission. Uh, a mission's awesome. Hashtag safety zone. You're going to see a lot more of us, Colin. Yeah, that's fantastic. Get that uh, Africa to BYU pipeline going, man. It's already going. <laughs> it's already going. Our thanks to today's guest, Dave McCann. Dr. Dennis Pitter, we ran out of time. We just didn't want to talk. Conversation okay. continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYU. We're Jeremy. I'm Spencer. Shout out to Nick Sanderson, who would appreciate that dunk mm. from Colin Chandler. See you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs. Nicholas.